Janet Pappas, my dear friend. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. So thank you so much for doing this. I, as you know, uh, we're, we're holding this symposium, the Commercial Real Estate Investment Symposium for Women, in a few weeks on January 9th, and you are one of the speakers. I am. <laughs> much, much to your, I had to like pull, I know, I, I know, to beg you and plead with you and bribe for you to do it, right? You did. And then. I know, but you have so much content and so much information and education to give to our audience, the women who want to do what you've done specifically, more so than, frankly, what I've done. So I want you, I appreciate you doing this on the phone, so on this conference call, so we can record it, so we can share it with the potential future audience, and then there's some people that aren't going to be able to come, and they'll get to hear it and learn from it, and I'm all about, you know, helping women invest. Like, let's start from the beginning on how you started investing. How did you start? Well, I I was a stay-at-home mom for my kids for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, and all of a sudden they were at the age where... They didn't care if I was there to welcome them home from school each day. They didn't want me to be a room mom anymore. And I started to feel like I should earn some money. I didn't really want to have a job outside the home, but I felt like I should. Mm-hmm. And so I was mulling over things to do, and I knew I, did, I knew I did not want a full-time job, and I knew I did not want to have to pinch the time clock. Mm-hmm. And so one day in my local paper, there was a big ad for the Robert Allen Real Estate Course. And while I was looking at that, you called and said, hey, there's an ad in my paper for the Robert Allen Real Estate Course. <laughs> and five minutes later, my friend in this called and said, hey, there's an ad in the paper for the Robert Allen Real Estate Course. Why don't we take it together? So we did. That is how, see, that's all about karma, right? I mean, that's like there's no coincidences in the world. You saw it and were thinking about it. I saw it and were thinking about it for you. And then your girlfriend saw it. So, you know, the power of the number of the number three. So you, did you guys take the course? We did. We went and took the course. It was a weekend course in Kansas City, which was about three hours from my home at the time. And we took it, and it was a lot of good information. It was extremely motivating more than anything else. It didn't give us the information we really needed for our particular county, city, county, state. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to figure that out on our own down the line, but it was extremely motivating. Um, I remember being on this major high driving home. Mm-hmm. Um was very excited about it. And... Um, yeah, so then we started, it was about buying foreclosures. That particular course was about buying foreclosures. And we started looking for foreclosures shortly thereafter. Um, but before we could buy our first foreclosure, I actually, I had, I put dealers out amongst realtors that I knew, and a realtor that I knew came to me with a deal. And so that was my first deal. It was just, it wasn't a foreclosure, it wasn't a short sale, it was just, somebody who wanted to get out quickly. 
So, and you mentioned your friend. So, in the beginning, you and your friend were going to do this together. We were. And when the deal came to me from the realtor, my friend was actually out of town. I called her about it. She did not feel comfortable doing it. We had to get in quickly. And she wasn't going to be home quickly. She didn't feel comfortable doing it. So, I did it by myself. Very apprehensive. And it was, do you remember, what was it like, it was a single-family home or was it a townhouse? What was it? This one was a single-family home. Um, I Was it in your neighborhood? Um, not my very neighborhood, but, you know, within the five-minute drive of my neighborhood. So, you, did you know the area? I did, yeah. It was and a fairly nice area. Okay, and you and you had reached out to some realtors saying, hey, if you guys come across some opportunities, I'm open to investing. And this realtor called you back and said, I've got this house. It's These people want to get out, and do you want to buy it? Yes. And did they not put it on the market? Like, was it just like an off-market deal that if you said yes, they just sell it to you and not really market it? No, I did buy some like that. This one was officially on the market, but it was the first day. We grabbed it, you know, found out about it, and then it went on the market and let me know. Got it. And then and do you remember how much it was? It was $88,000. And did you think that was a – obviously, you thought it was a good price if you bought it, right? I thought it was a good deal. I knew I wasn't going to make a ton of money, but, you know, I I wasn't relying on this for – income, you know, just to put food on the table. This was more just bonus money. I kind of looked at it like a hobby. And whatever I made was money I didn't have before. So I knew I wasn't going to make a ton of money. Um, And a lot of people might not have been okay with what I made, but in my mind, it was more than I have before I did the deal. So how much did you have to put into the deal? I take cash. Okay, but so you paid cash, but how, did you have to fix it up at all? I did. Um, I put about twenty thousand into it. What did What did that go for? What did you have to do for the twenty? What did I do for the twenty? Um, I put in new carpeting. I painted inside and out. I put in new plumbing fixtures. I put in new. Formica, lovely Formica. But now we've got to remember this is 16 years ago or so, 14 years ago. Um, what else did I do? And how long did you own it? Did you flip it right away or did you rent it? No, flipped it right away. From the day I bought to the day I sold, it was three months. Wow. And how much did you make? $7,000. And, <laughs> and do you remember what I said to you? Oh, I know you do, because you've spoken about it. <laughs> what did yeah. I say? You said, on the next deal, I'm going to make 12. Right, and what did you say? <laughs> I said, no way, I'll never make 12. <laughs> <laughs> everyone listening, everyone listening, I want you all to do what Dan has done. Okay, so, so that was in, what year was that? That was 2005. Okay, so... You then tell us about the, the three years following that. So the girlfriend comes home back from her trip, and then did you guys go start buying foreclosures? Yeah. She just, we looked around a little bit, and then she decided she didn't want to do it. Um, Why? Why do you think she didn't want to do it? 
I don't remember. Um, I think, let me think a minute. You know what? I think I found the second deal and she wasn't comfortable with that either, huh. even though she was in town. Again, yeah. it wasn't a huge amount of money um, that we thought we'd make. And, you know, we were spending a great deal of time at the courthouse researching things. So talk um, about that. Talk about that. <laughs> well, when we got home from the real estate court in Kansas City, we went to the courthouse and we just started asking questions. I mean, we felt very uncomfortable. We felt like we're taking people away from their jobs. You know, we wanted people to show us. They have, I don't know what they have here in Florida, but in, in Wichita, where I was living, you go to the courthouse and they have all these computers and you can pull up, pull up you know, anything that's reported. But we didn't know how to do that. So we had to ask people for help. And then I came back the next day. Instead of, like, really teaching us, they kind of just got us on the program themselves. Mm-hmm. So then we came back the next day to do more research, and we didn't know how to do it, but they had taught us, they had done it for us, and so it was kind of uncomfortable. Every day we had the alpha health, and then, uh, so it was Did you bring them cupcakes? You should have brought them cupcakes. <laughs> they would have right. more. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't really remember, um, the reason why she didn't want it. I don't know if it was the amount of time, which I quickly quickly stopped doing that as well because I didn't want a full-time job. This is, you know, I wanted just a little something, and I found out another way to get my information rather than sitting at the courthouse for hours and hours and hours each day. So what was that all you found out? Um, There were certain attorneys, three attorneys Uh. in Wichita at least, that um, posted their their properties they were foreclosing on what? Wow. So I was limited. I missed a ton of property by doing it this way. Um, but I limited it to what those attorneys posted. And I also limited it to properties that were within like a 10 minute drive of my house. Because mm. again, I wasn't thinking of it as a full time money making position. It was just a little way to make a little extra money mm-hmm. at the time. And I didn't want my whole day to be spent doing that. So right. I wanted traveling to East Wichita or Derby when I lived in Northwest Wichita. Um, mm-hmm. So I limited my house. So, but I, I found plenty of houses. So how many in the first, so between 2005 and 2010, do you have any clue as to at the end of 2010 how many you had or bought or flipped or like were you flipping every single one or did you start to say Maybe I should hold on to a couple and rent them. Well, I never intended to start renting. My third house, I couldn't sell. It was on the market for five months, and that costs a lot of money. You know, you're paying taxes, insurance, interest if you have a loan, utilities. You know, it ends up being a lot of money, and I started getting a little unhappy about that, so I turned it into a rental, grudgingly. I did not want to be that, but I needed money coming in. And a few months of then, I realized, well, this is kind of a good deep too. So I started buying property to keep the rental. Gotcha. So end of 2010, you're doing this five years. How many do you think you had at the end of 2010? Oh, I think I had maybe 12 
property, but I had flipped maybe seven or eight others. Wow. So possibly 20 transactions in five years. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. It was fun. <laughs> so when did you wake up and say, um, this is more than a hobby, <laughs> and I'm kind of making some good dough here? When did that happen? I still think of it as a hobby. I love it. I don't feel like I work. I okay. So let's fill the audience in on how many you own today, and we'll, we'll backtrack as to how many you sold. So how many do you own today? He just reminded me there's an audience. <laughs> <laughs> they're not on the call now. They're not listening now. They'll listen later when they're not even realizing they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> See, but um, let me let me let me just interject something. May I please? Yeah, I know how much I love you, and I love my audience. So you know the audience that's not listening now because we're taping this. They're as fearful as you are to do this, and I just love you so much for doing it. And as scared as you're going to be when you get up on that stage on January night, and I'm going to hold your hand. Um, they, the audience, the women that could be your sister or your cousin or your friend, like your friend in Wichita who didn't go forward with it, they're scared too. But they're not scared of taping a phone call or getting in front of an audience. You know what they're scared of? Oh, you're gone. No, I'm here. What are they scared of? Oh, now you're back. You disappeared. Sorry. <laughs> what are they scared of? I, I lost you. I didn't hear. I couldn't hear you. Oh, so I said, <laughs> as much as you're scared of being on stage, the these ladies that are in the yeah. audience, your sister, your cousin, your friend, yeah. they're scared of what? Um, jumping in to the unknown, something they don't know a lot about, or losing money, or right. They're scared of doing what you've done. You know, unbelievably well as a hobby. That's fun for you. And that's why as much as you, you know, wish I didn't ask you to do this, this is why I need you to do it because as scared as you are doing this, they're scared doing what you have experienced doing and you have a great example to share and great stories to share because, look, at you know, I own six shopping centers, which you own. You're a partner in what? Three of mine? Um, two. Two. two now. Two. Three, three, but it's two now. So two. And, um, and a lot of the women in the audience are not going to want to go buy a shopping center. They're going to want to start with a home that their realtor knows about. And who, yeah. and, and you're the perfect person to, to help them. So I really, 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 truly appreciate that you're doing this because I know you, you – but it's such a correlation between your fear and their fear, which is why you had to be – you had to be part of this. Okay. Well, I hope I can say something worthwhile. Something you are. You are. I know the people that are going to listen to this are going to love it. So how many do you have – so we're fast-forwarding, and I know you've sold a bunch, but how many do you have today? 
I sold a bunch knowing I was getting ready to move back to Florida, and I wanted to make it a more manageable amount. Mm-hmm. So I have 13 of my own, and then my my family, I had them buy some properties there, so they have seven. So I managed 20, but just 13 of mine. Okay, and how many did you sell in getting ready to move back to Florida? Oh, goodness. Um you know, it's, it's been three or four years. I slowly started getting rid of them. I would guess, um, how many did I pass this? Maybe 10? So, how many did you have, like, at one time, what was the most you had? Do you remember? I think 28. Okay, so 28 I have. Which, and of the 28, you are renting all of them? Like, you have tenants in all of them? Well, you still have back then? Yeah, back then. Right now, right now, I, back then, yes, 28, I had tenants then. Okay. And now I have 13 plus my family, seven that I have tenants in, yes. Okay. So you went from thinking, I'm going to go by foreclosures, but you did for a while. Tell the story about what you did, because I, I thought that was fascinating, that people were getting ready to, like, get the bank to foreclose on them, and how did that work out? What is What were you doing now? Um, so I would get on these attorney sites online and find out what houses in my area would be foreclosed on, and I would reach out to them initially, usually by letter, and I had gotten somehow another person who was doing this. I had gotten a hold of their letter. Somehow, I don't remember. It was very business-like, and it wasn't compassionate at all. And I was very turned off by it, and I just wanted my letter to, you know, show a little bit of empathy. Mm-hmm. Because nobody decides they want to go into foreclosure. You know, they don't just decide, you know, what they have. I'm going to stop paying my mortgage. I mean, everything is falling apart in their life mm-hmm. if they stop paying their mortgage. Um, so anyhow, I composed what I thought was a fairly good letter and sent it out and we get some responses. Um, sometimes I wouldn't get a response and I would be scared to death, but I would either get a phone number and I would call them on the phone and I would be like hyperventilating because I was so nervous <laughs> or I would even go knock on their door. <laughs> that was, that was all so hard for me. So, yeah, but, you know, there was a lot of leeway when I was buying the foreclosures. I mean, you know, people want different things. You know, they're being foreclosed on, so the bank's going to make them leave the house in, you know, three months or six months, depending on how much equity they have in the home. And some of them just want to leave. They want to be done. And you can offer them some money. And, you know, you negotiate and you try to make it worthwhile for them and you try to make it a win-win, you know. I, I, I put out there that this is what I do to make money. I want to make money on it, but I want you to go away happy too. And mm-hmm. we kind of work back and forth and figure out the math. But a lot of people wanted to stay in their house. Mm-hmm. So we worked out a plan where they would run it back from me for a reduced amount and what they were paying on their mortgage. And a lot of people, by the time they're in foreclosure, their situation is straightened out. They can start paying the mortgage again, but they can't pay the $15,000 in past mortgage payments that they owe the mortgage company. Mm-hmm. So when I offer to, to take over the house, 
buy, redeem the house from the bank and let them stay there, they're thrilled. And then they have the option of buying it back from me down the line when they their finances in order. How many people did that? How many people? I don't think, I don't recall you ever telling me if any of them ever did that. Yes, um, two did that. Okay. Well, good for those people, right? I think there's two. It was a, a, it was a family. A father, I had his house, and his daughter, I had her house. And they both bought a family. Did you, did this, I mean, I would think that this, helping these people, there was an intangible in real estate. Like I always say when I lease, you know, to a mom and pop, I'm helping them fulfill their American dream. And it makes me feel good. Like they saved up money and now they're going to open their first bagel shop and I've helped them achieve their American dream. And that makes me feel good. And I would think that you helping people, you know, getting forced out of their home from the foreclosure, that you were able to pay the bank, and then let them rent from you. Even if they never bought the house back, they got to stay in their house, kind of mm-hmm. stay safe a little bit in the neighborhood or with their kids, right? Yeah. Uh, I would think that that was a good feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. Like I said, it was a win-win. You know, I made some money. They either made some money or got to stay in their house, which they wanted to do. Yeah. I've never had anybody not be happy with how it worked out. So, okay, so as we wrap up, I have three final questions. Actually, four. I have four questions. One, what was the most money you ever made on one of the houses? Well, a straight flip or rent and flip? Both. Give me both. An example of both. I think a straight flip. Now, people are, are watch, they watch HGTV, flip and, flip and Flop, and all those shows, and they make 150000 on one house. That's not me, and that's not what I can. <laughs> right. I made 25000 How many? How much? 25000 was the most I made on a straight flip. I have the house for three months. That's awesome. Okay, great. And what about a house that you rented? Um. Well, a house I rented it for eight years and then flipped it, and I made a hundred between the rent and the flip. Oh, that's awesome! That was over eight years. Okay, so um, if you had one piece of advice to someone who was, you know, Janet Pappas, two thousand and five, thinking about dipping their toe in the water, what would your one piece of advice be? I have two pieces of advice. Awesome. Can I say two? Yes. <laughs> one, one is for, for the people who are not started yet, and the other is for people who, well, no, either way. Advice to start things. I didn't start until I was 45. Mm-hmm. If I had started at age 30, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You'd, 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 you'd be a, you, you'd, I would say you'd be a Donald Trump, but I know how you feel about that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Not a compliment. No, you'd be, you'd be a mogul. How about that? Would you be a mogul if you started at 30? I would. I would indeed. Okay. And what's the other piece of advice? The other piece of advice is once you're in it and you find good workers, treat them like gold. Oh, yeah. And you got to treat them really, really well. Yeah. 
like your, the plumber, like your plumber guy, like your plumber guy and your carpet guy and your, right, those guys, the vendors. All of them. All of them. Treat them like bulls, for sure. That's great advice. Uh, so, were you ever scared? I was, ner- I remember being nervous going into the first one, but also very, very excited. Mm-hmm. But then halfway through, I remember sitting on the floor in the living room sobbing. Like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what made me think I'd do this? <laughs> but yeah, and it all worked out well. And when you did it, you said you paid cash, so you paid eighty-eight thousand. So you obviously had more than eighty-eight thousand that you took out of your savings account. You had saved some money. You um, didn't take all of your savings and dump it into one property and risk it all. I, I did not. Yeah, I had some savings, and that's how I did that one. But actually, the next one kind of overlapped this one, mm-hmm. and I didn't have accessible money to get the second one. Can I, can I tell the story on this one? You know where I'm going? I think you borrowed it from me. <laughs> Did you borrow it from me? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I borrowed it. was a $100,000 house. I had 25000 of my own that I could get to. And mm-hmm. then you gave me a fourth. My Aunt Emma gave me a fourth. And my mother gave me a fourth. Yeah. So, Possible. And did I make that? I owned the house. I did yeah. finance it, and I gave y'all that. Did that charge you interest? You did not. <laughs> did we have a? That's why you're my BFF. <laughs> did we sign any promissory notes or anything? No, right? We just I just <laughs> sent it to you. You did the same for me, though. You know, we'll, we'll tell that story on the stage. All right. So, so <laughs> I'm so happy that I was able to help you on your second one. I don't remember that, but. Yeah. Well, Looking back now, 30 homes plus or minus, uh, turning, I want to make a little extra cash. It's kind of a hobby. I love it. What was the most surprising thing looking back now? Since this has been, it's 2020, you've been doing this 15 years. Uh, This has been a career, right? This is a second career for you. You now truly believe it's not just a hobby, but you, you really have a career, right? I don't. I, I still you don't, don't see that. Huh? Well, don't. okay. But I, you know, I'm telling you, it's you. <laughs> you know, how many hours a week? Now, you know, you sold a bunch of them, so you're like you said, you're down to twenty, and now you live in Florida. Um, how many? And, and I know you have a guy over in Wichita that is helping you, but before you moved to Daytona, how many hours a week do you feel that you were putting into this hobby slash career? And we can debate which we really want to call it. Oh, I don't even really know. I mean, if I didn't have a unit turning over, you know, we just course there's much more time with that. But if I didn't have a unit turning over, um, I don't know. Not that much. Three hours um, a week? Ten hours a week? Maybe ten hours a week. Ten to fourteen hours a week, maybe. Okay. If I don't have anything going on. Yeah. So you're yeah. now you live in Florida, in Daytona. Are you going to? Do you know what you're going to do with the twenty you have? You, I know this has been an experiment this first year since you've moved. Are you going to start buying in Florida? I'm thinking about it. Um, I just started kind of looking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite ready to do anything. I mean, the the 
profit is not quite, the return is not quite what it is in Wichita, mm-hmm. at least what I have seen. Um, number one, you know, if you don't live in the property, you don't have homesteads, the taxes are so high. Mm-hmm. So that's, that cuts into your profit, of course. And I've noticed that, and again, this is just a little bit of looking. I don't really know that I know what I'm talking about yet, but it seems like lower price, lower income areas, it's a much better return mm-hmm. than in other areas. So, yeah, not quite ready to do anything, but sort of, sort of looking a little bit. I have one last question. So, that's when we've got a few questions we got. I know, but I have one last one. <laughs> so, of the 28 or 30 that you owned in your 15 years, were they all over Wichita, or were they in one or two neighborhoods that either you lived in or lived next to? Um, well, they were all within a five or ten, five or ten minutes left of my house because I decided I didn't want to go further than that. Um, and most of them were in a subdivision about a mile from my house. Like right now, of the 20 that I that I managed, my 13 and my family's seven, um, all but two are on this one street. Yeah. So it was literally a two-minute drive from where I lived in Wichita. So how were you able to negotiate knowing that market knowledge that you had because you were, you know, the big kahuna on that street? <laughs> so, so do you think that there is an advantage when you when properties came available because you owned the most? Well, yeah, I mean, I knew the neighborhood really well, and people knew I owned a lot of properties there. And other owners, before they would put them on the market, they would call me to see if I wanted them. Right. Um, so that was very helpful. Because you know, you know, you know my six properties. And they're all within 10 minutes of my house, right? So I also like being in close proximity, but I like being, I like understanding my market better than anyone else. So I, I know if something comes available, I immediately know the value versus a stranger yeah. who lives 30 miles away, right? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I know if I can pay a little more, they have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Got to know your market for sure. So this has been truly a pleasure, and I'm so grateful that you did this. So it wasn't that bad, was it? Was it really? It wasn't that bad. Um, every once in a while, I got a moment of anxiety, like I'm doing this. Really, nothing's going to come out. <laughs> I love you very much. Exactly. Are, we, are we off? You know, we're, we're, I didn't stop recording yet. I can't wait to have you on stage on January 9th, and all, the audience is going to stand up and give you a standing round of uh, applause because they know after they hear not that. A, not unless you command it of them. <laughs> I will turn off the recording now. You can say goodbye to your wonderful audience. And you can Bye. stay on the call. We can catch up a little more. But thank you, Janet Pappas. And I will see you on stage on January 9th. 